Hi everybody, it's Ian King, founder of King Sports International, an innovative training methods used to change the way the world trains. So we've got a few questions today and somewhat focused initially at least on, on the Achilles or the ankle. So let's go ahead with that first question. Okay, so I'm training a soccer player who has an issue with her left Achilles. She's 26 now and it turns out that when she was about five years old, she received a deep, deep cut on it, or at least the tendon was exposed, but it's unsure what amount of damage there was. But now she's getting soreness around that area and in the heel when she trains and competes. So is there anything we can do about it now? It's a very pertinent question because we're in, we're in an area of the human evolution where there's a complete disregard for the human body and a complete hit-the-sand approach to, to injuries and injury messages. And as a result of that, we're going to be seeing a lot more injuries around the ankle, uh, in addition to injuries around the other joints that we're seeing, because at the end of the day, the, if they're in a running sport, the, the ankle, the Achilles in particular, takes the load... Uh, it's a, one of those major connective tissues that bridge the body to the ground and any uh, excessive load or any in, in, imbalance in load left to right is really uh, reflected in the, in the Achilles. It would be extremely rare to, to get any running sport athlete in today's day and age and, and, and not find an imbalance. So this event imbalance is very common but also athletes who are on the edge uh, when I say on the edge I mean they're that close to injuring and you know, the ultimate injury for, for the Achilles is a rupture which is I've seen it I've seen the impact of uh, on this athlete's career post it, it's a pretty career changing injury it's not it's a pretty significant one it's over and above the fact it's very unpleasant so I'm very cautious or very conscious, very focused on ensuring that athletes don't experience any injuries, let alone any injuries coming from the Achilles that slow them down, take game time away, playing training time away, or in worst case scenario, end their career. So we do need to take a close look at it. The first thing I'd suggest is to identify what might be the, the actual cause. We don't have to be right. We just have to have a hypothesis. And one of them is uh, that earlier injury in life that could have been um, uh, a contributing factor in any failure to completely re rehabilitate a child. But don't uh, don't exclude at this point in time any other possibilities. You need to look at them because, like anything else in the body, if we if our hypothesis is off track and we we treat the or rehabilitate the wrong and verticum is the wrong thing, then we haven't really solved anything. We've just prolonged it. And therefore, I can't comment uh, without knowing more about this individual. And I definitely would be reluctant to say, just go ahead and focus on that which you shared with me. I would encourage you to get a good understanding of the, the difference between the right and the left um, and talk to the athlete and find out from a, from a sort of interview approach the pattern of activities, the history of discomfort, Learn as much as you can so that you can put together a reversal plan in place. So it could be anything that's creating that, um, but at the end of the day, the, the solution is relatively common, uh, as in there's commonality in the solution. 
the the first concern is is a product of imbalanced loading. So the most common cause in that case is if an athlete has some joint pain, perhaps say in the knee or the hip, on or let's say on on one leg, then they're more likely to place load on the other side. When I say load, more than 50% of the load on the other side. So let's say that they had a history of some knee pain on the right-hand side. Ultimately, they'll, they'll end up overloading the left Achilles amongst other joints. So that's a cycle of injury where we, we destroy one side and then over time we destroy the other side because we're placing excessive loading uh, on the second side. And we probably injured the first side because we placed excessive loading on it. So it's a, it is somewhat of a, a circle uh, and we do want to break that that circle. So the other thing that really hurts athletes in the, in the so-called um, contemporary times is this um, attitude of you know you don't need to stretch. Stretching's bad. Dynamic stretching is is a replacement. Um, you know, roll on a foam roller a bit and it'll all be good. So we we're going through a period where the absence of appropriate lengthening and tension reduction is causing serious epidemic of injuries, connective tissue and other types of impact injuries in athletes. So from a solution perspective, after you've identified the hypothesis or create a hypothesis on what you believe is a cause, then you start reversing that cause through appropriate training. And irrespective of what that is, it will involve, for, for me, a return to the fundamental stretching of the the Achilles and the gastric nervous and the ankle in general, perhaps even the front of the ankle joint, but definitely to the back. And then, uh, again, testing against the hypothesis as to whether it's length or tension or both, it needs to be addressed and which, which form of training, which form of rehabilitative training is going to produce that more effectively. Is it stretching? Is it tender, soft tissue work, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Um, there is a misguided belief. I'd suggest that throwing a in the calf is going to give you the answer. It, it, it rarely will. I'm not saying it will never will, but it's more likely going to need um, some more conventional stretching. Uh, combined with potentially some hands-on work and some manual work on the Achilles in particular. So, Tommy, how'd we go? Some guidance for you? Yeah, definitely a lot to work with. Thank you. Yeah, so it is a it is an age-old challenge because uh, that is a connective tissue that takes our load, but it's an age-old challenge made worse by a contemporary approach uh, combination of a complete disregard for the human body and the messages of pain that the body is sending combined with a complete uh, absence of what appear of, of appropriate stretching. So you had a second question, Tommy. Yes. Do you have any uses for EMS? Like I wonder if, because she also has a lot of trouble activating her vastus medialis and we're doing the usual control drills and we're making slow progress, but is there any way to speed it up with methods such as this? Yes, definitely. So there is definitely potential for it. I know um, uh, many coaches that I've been exposed to and influenced on all the way, including the Lake Charlie Francis, had a lot of time for, for modalities such as that. I, I believe uh, you don't really know until you go. You, you don't really know its contribution until you try it. Uh, it's not always practical, it's not always convenient, it's not always cost-effective, etc., etc. So there are some limiting factors, but uh, I would be very open to using it. As far as uh, struggling with, with, with innovation or activation of any uh, segment or uh, 
smaller muscle group. There is other strategies that we can use. Um, generally speaking, uh, failure to activate is more it can be as much as inhibition caused by uh, a inappropriate length of tension in, in another joint or etc. Um, but there are different ways, uh, which you know through your work uh, in our coaching program you'll be familiar with. There, there are other strategies you can use. Uh, including right down to some more longer duration isometric attraction to create uh, appropriate level f- of fatigue and help them fire that muscle, so to speak. Um, other strategies are rotating the femur or the upper leg, uh, trying different angles, um, trying with different uh, knee angles. But if you feel you're exhausted and want to give uh, EMS a go, electromuscle stimulation, definitely give it a go. Um, it, it does, uh, it really is effective in, in particular in, in the, the, the vastus medialis oblique that you refer to, the VMO. Uh, I've had a lot of experience with it personally. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an effective option and I look forward to your feedback. Um, the, the VMO does tend to fade in a lot of situations, especially uh, conditions of the knee. There are some uh, knee pathology that can result in the wastage or inability to fire, etc. Uh, as well as any implications around the hip, but definitely some uh, knee pathology, in particular on the medial side, can cause a, an inhibition there. So give it a crack. I do encourage you to do that if it's available uh, and see see what you think. I look forward to your feedback on that one, Tommy. Okay, excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. So we've had a little bit of a chat there about the ankle in particular and... Um, It'd be interesting to know what side that VMO is. Is that the same athlete, Tommy? Same athlete, yes. And which, which side? The athlete is on the left side and she struggles with both VMOs. Okay, so there's no, I mean, we, we start to dig deeper, we start to see the pattern. Um, yeah, there's no big difference between the sides. So. Which side, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, appreciate that. Trust that was helpful. Uh, we'll talk.